0: Welcome to Cryptic Chronicles, a show all about everything weird, unexplained, and cryptic in the world. Today on the show we have special guests, Cindy Villa and Katie Foreman of the California Paranormal Research Organization, which they call CalPara, and is based in Southern California. So let's hop right into it, shall we? I'm your host, Tim Hacker, and you're listening to Cryptic Chronicles. This is, this is the way. This is the way.
1: You're not going to See, see, see. These entities, they would conquer
0: them. Three. 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 Four. Four. Now it's time
2: to
3: take risk.
2: Hello. Hello. It's it's very nice to meet you. My name is Cindy. So, how Katie do you like <laughs> Katie?
0: Yes. You, you just like to go by Katie?
2: Yeah,
1: Katie.
0: Oh, okay. So, and um tell me about your organization, California Paranormal Research Organization.
2: Uh, Cindy, do you want to take that one? Um, I'll let you take that one first. Okay. Um
1: I founded the group uh 16 years ago, 2006. Um bunch of people that kind of were interested in paranormal. At the time, there were only three shows on TV. One was from England and two from United States. And there were only uh, two groups in our area, Southern California, and probably two in Los Angeles, an hour away. And it just wasn't what it is right now. It was very hush, hush, you couldn't tell anybody, you know, it was your little secret in the closet kind of a thing. Um, but we were all having experiences. And so we kind of wanted to figure it out better because there was nothing to refer to. So we were sort of pioneers doing it on our own. And what it's become now, 16 years later, is so different, mostly because of the media. Yeah. Everybody and their brother wants to have their own group, so um, which, you know, more power to them and everything. It's just uh, we've come across a couple of groups that are more thrill-seeking. You know, it's the fun and the thrill of it, which our whole concept is trying to help, like, private homes that are afraid. So um, we try to stick to the healing side of it all.
0: Gotcha. So, is it like more from a spiritual perspective?
1: Um, it's it's not. No, it's more of where our hearts are. We just go into it. We've spent years exploring it ourselves, and kind of reached a point where we know everything we're probably gonna know. There's. It just gets to a point where every test and experiment comes close, but doesn't give you that final oh, this is what it all is, you know? And um, so we have a lot of experience. We have a lot of knowledge. But um, it's an unrecognized field. And so uh, we could do things as scientifically as we want to. But because of our experiences and our understanding, uh, we get a lot of emails from people who are truly frightened, So it's kind of a hand-holding approach at this point. Um, It's more about helping others understand what they can and shouldn't do than just running around and having a fun Friday, going through a graveyard and seeing if we see shadows, you know, which some people are only interested in their personal um, gain of knowledge, but we are more into helping homes and stuff, businesses.
0: Is that what inspired you, Katie, to, like, begin CalPara, was just specifically to help people who were afraid, more so than maybe your own interest?
1: Um, that's part of it. Part of it for me is having spirits pretty much shouting at me since I was 12 years old. I'm a medium, and so... um, there are people in our group that have some psychic ability they believe, and then there's others that tease they're as psychic as a doorknob, you know. and um so for me, personally, what inspired me is that my whole life there's been some going on, whether or not there were TV shows or local groups or whatever, even if I never joined a group, I've had spirits trying to communicate with me at certain moments not always but um certain moments and uh so that's kind of what got me interested is you know what more can i learn and understand um to for myself and then after myself yes be inspired to help others especially when they are so frightened and they email us you know
0: how long before you, because you said that you've experienced things your whole life. How long before you like got into it on a professional type level?
1: Um. Well, it's, they started talking to me when I was 12 and I probably got into it professionally when um, I was like 40. So, you know, we're talking 25 years. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was, um, you know, raise a family. Uh, go to work, and uh, and then also the um, the public temperature. Back then, I couldn't say anything. I couldn't share this. We couldn't have a podcast. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if my job found out about it, um, I was worried about losing my job, you know. And uh, only in the last 10 years ago and until now has the climate changed about it. And now it's um, people are in demand. Everyone wants their own personal spirit. They get upset if you tell them, <laughs> <laughs> We don't think you have a spirit. You know, we think it's natural causes. And they're like, No, I know it is. You know, and they get an attitude now.
0: Mm-hmm. What about you, Cindy Avella? Um, what made you become interested in the paranormal?
2: Well, I had my personal experience about 25 years ago. And in a home that I owned, and I was the first owner to that home, so it didn't make sense that there would be a spirit there. And I didn't have nobody to turn to, and kind of ashamed that I would be ridiculed if I talked about it. But things were happening in my home, and the only thing I could go to was what was on television. So when I found Calpera, this was my answer to learn and, and investigate and, and research what I actually saw. And I've learned so much that now I feel like I'm at that level to help other people who felt the way I felt years ago.
0: What were and these I, experiences?
2: What was my experience? Yeah. What did you see? Um, I was a lone home, single mom. My kids were with their dad that night and one of my son's toys rode across the carpet past me and oh. I really thought that they were pranking me I thought they were in the home um, scaring me you know mm-hmm. and I thought okay where are you guys I know you're here and I looked all over for them in the house and they weren't there and I called my ex-husband up and told them you know are you guys near the house are you in the house where are you guys and they said they were home and that they hadn't even started to come over yet, come back home. So I knew I was alone, and when I reached down to get the little car toy, it rolled more away from me. And at that point, I sat outside and waited for them to come home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Cindy, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) That was my experience, and that was the only one I ever had, so... Um, I have never seen a ghost. Um, uh, so I'm still kind of skeptic about that. But I know i will become a full believer when I do.
0: Yeah, that's pretty creepy.
2: Yeah, never found out why, why that happened.
0: What kind of ghost would that be?
2: That would probably be a poltergeist. But usually poltergeists are with young teens that are going to puberty. Um, females that could move things unconsciously with their mind. Um, but we had other things happen in that home, um, doors closing, lights turning on. I even had the electricity company, the electric company come in and change my electrical box because I couldn't explain it. And they told me nothing was wrong with it. And it got stronger for a while and then it just kind of eased away, but I never knew how to communicate with it. So it wasn't until after I joined, um and started investigating and talking to other people that I learned how to do what I do now.
0: Yeah, too bad you didn't have Katie there to investigate with you back then.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we'd have been all over that house. (laughs) So what brought you all together?
0: Like, um, How many are there of you now in Calpera? Oh
2: gosh,
1: 15, 16 of us. And um, so, yeah, so the people that are in our team, they've been there for years. Uh, I think we actually have two, two newer people, but most of them have been there the whole time. And they're all like-minded. And I really like, we're a family. That It's such a good feeling to be in the group. Um, everyone is very respectful to each other. And we cover the full spectrum of from kind of being skittish like oh i th- I just saw something you know jumping and then cindy to me is more on the other side of the spectrum very level-headed very um slow to respond kind of mulls things over looks for logical natural causes so um and then each person they've all seemed to have personal experiences like that, you know, like Cindy's where something is just, you know, strange enough uh, so many times, or that one big thing happens or something where they come and seek um, other like-minded people. And again, when the group started years ago, Like she said, there's not a whole lot of people you can share this with. Even now, you have a group of friends that are in other paranormal groups or something, and you can talk so freely, but to the general public, there's always your guard is always up, and you're never surprised if someone says, oh, you know, it's probably just the wind. Well, we go there, too. We try and say, is it the wind? Was the door left over? Did the air conditioner kick on, you know, and look for the natural causes? And, um, but it's feels freeing to be able to share the strangest experiences with another set of ears that are receptive to the possibility that maybe we can't just, you know, write this off.
0: Yeah. People don't really like it when you kind of shake up the reality tunnel but um, <clears throat> I definitely um, keep uh, my opinions along the paranormal kind of to myself unless I already know somebody else is into it as well. Absolutely. So yeah, have
1: this- uh, there's a couple members that are on the side, I should say, on the side. They're <laughs> uh, they're talking to people that are searching for Bigfoot. Well, that's kind of the same thing. And you know, then there's people that um, are. Uh, searching for alien life etc and i could branch out and go down seven avenues but i just don't have the time so the one that called to me the most was um afterlife you know life after death what is going on why are we raised and told certain things or not told certain things or um parents or relatives or media will suggest it goes in whatever direction and then you find something that kind of um tilts that a little and you like what how could that happen if this is what i've been told and um you know when i when i give readings to people um I will tell them, you know, I think your grandma is here, but I don't think she's the one haunting your house. I think she's just shown up because I'm a medium and she wants to talk. Um, but she's not the one, you know, throwing yeah. your toy across the, the room or whatever. And so it's kind of like, what do they see each other? Do they see us? Do they hear us? Are we communicating through a fourth dimension? It's very... Um, interesting, and science was never my best subject, so...
0: <laughs> so how do you... How yeah. did a spirit communicate with you?
1: With me, the... I get visions, uh, impressions, and the impressions come through uh, visions, they call it clairvoyant, and um, uh, feelings, clairsentient. So I will feel... They will hey, say, hey, this is how sad I felt, you know, and and here is what made me sad or something. So there's just a, my best theory is we have energy. They can prove that. There's some sort of a form of energy that we human, living humans are. Uh, when we're deceased, somehow they're using that energy To get impressions over to me, you know, as well as the equipment in my hand beeps and lights up, that's always helpful too. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, would you consider it to be like extremely subtle?
1: Uh, The impressions?
0: Or just if a spirit is trying to communicate, like um, in some uh, books I've read, Laura, I know about, it's sometimes along the lines of a thought that's not yours. It's kind of like how they communicate. And the only way to really be able to separate your thoughts from thoughts being pressed on you by spirits is if you're like a meditator or somebody who, you know, like, watches around consciousness and thoughts a lot and are very aware of how their mind works. And that's how you can tell the difference between if a spirit is talking to her. It's just you thinking things. Is it anything Um, along the lines of that?
1: uh, Sort of, not really. Um i think each medium is is the same and different we all have our areas that sort of buzz and don't buzz Mm -hmm. um for me uh yes okay it is a thought process that's not mine although i've been jumped by three spirits so that's a scary completely separate topic
0: so those
1: are those are thought processes that are not mine either But this is more, I'm still me, and there's a blend of knowledge that comes to my head. Um, So it'd be like if I told you that your favorite um, musical group is ACDC. Now, how do I know that? I don't, you know, but I am seeing the letters, or I am hearing the music, or I um, suddenly... Uh, know the information as though I've read it somewhere. Um, And then you would say, oh my goodness, it is. Well, you're a living person, so that would be called psychic energy. Um, But if they're deceased, they switch the word and they say mediumship. And that's kind of the defining thing. So it's like pieces of energy with information in them that um, I blend in and out of. Um, And sometimes I get a fuzzy feeling uh, near the throat, chest, heart area, but um, it's, it's hard to describe, it's less physical and more mental. Do
0: you ever get a ringing in your ear? Not Once not not tonight, not t- tinnitus, but like um, you know,
1: oh, they 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 have labels for that, they'll tell yeah. you that's an angel telling you a message. Oh, yeah, stuff. I've heard that. Yeah, once in a while, not really, not me. Others do, not me so much. Um, But again, it's like two little antennas on my head and um, turn them on, reach out, see what energy goes across them, try to turn them off, try to shut it off, tell them I'm not open for business and stuff like that. Interesting. Um, but see, none of that can be validated. And then you have um, people like Cindy who have the latest and greatest pieces of equipment <laughs> who are, and they they know how to measure, um, you know, is it going off because there's faulty wiring in the home or is this beeping because uh, the energy is shifting around it and stuff. And then you can start comparing pieces of these equipment with each another piece and stuff. And so that's more um, evidence-based, you know, it's visual, it's right there. We can adjust it. The psychic stuff, you know, maybe I'm just blowing hot air and none of it's real. You, There's just no, no proof in my impressions until we do a hysterical review, you know, of the area.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that a lot about paranormal or the world in general can't really be rationalized anyway.
3: you can invest in that does not lose value is gold and silver. There is no better place to go for financial security than GoldCo. Rated a by the Better Business Bureau. Get the free 2023 gold IRA kit Americans are using to protect their retirement savings. Get your free 2023 gold IRA kit at goldcogoldkit.com. GoldCo is a leader in the precious metals industry. From Precious Metals IRA to direct purchases of precious metal coins and bars, we partner with individuals seeking to diversify and safely grow their retirement portfolios. Allow Gold Co. to make your gold and silver investments easy, seamless, and secure. Our investment is in good hands. Chuck Norris, what? Oh, I'm recording. $30 off weed with code PODCAST? Did someone say $30 off weed with code PODCAST? Amuse delivers over 500 high-quality cannabis products from the Bay Area brands you love at everyday low prices. You can also rest assured that everything will be up to your high standards. So what are you waiting for? Start shopping now at amuse.com. Use promo code PODCAST to save 30 bucks off your next order. That's e.com. Is your brain always hungry?
0: Do you have a mental appetite that often goes unsated? You may be suffering from hungry brain syndrome, A debilitating and sometimes life-threatening condition experienced by humans who require double, sometimes even quadruple the amount of mental nutrition needed to sustain the general population. But now there's help. For years, our dedicated team of world-class researchers have been developing a thicker, more nutrient-dense podcast specifically for sufferers of hungry brain syndrome. And now we want to share it with you. All you have to do is search for our podcast, The Whole Rabbit, in your podcast player of choice, and select from one of our delicious flavors, like Slovenian succubi, Gnosticism, or Ancient Egypt. It's no wonder the whole rabbit is the most recommended treatment for hungry brain syndrome on the market. So what are you waiting for? Try the whole rabbit today. Do not listen while deep-sea diving. Side effects may include eating carrots and shooting lasers. Cindy, have you ever experienced any like mental impressions during any of your cases or anything like that?
2: No, I'm not psychic. I do have Um, Intuition, like everybody else, when you feel something's not right or you go Mm -hmm. into an area that feels dangerous, scary. um, I have those um, become very cautious when I have those feelings. But um, I rely on my equipment um, for evidence. Um, Also rely on my ears, smell, smell what I see, you know, basic, uh, senses and what I can hear. And, but the, the recorders that I use, um, capture spirits talking and sometimes they talk over us. Sometimes they talk, um, after a question's asked. Sometimes they talk, um, between a conversation with me and another person.
0: Can you explain all Uh, the different type of equipment that you use and like what it
2: does? Oh, we use digital recorders. There's some cheap ones and there's some expensive ones. I use the plain ones that you would use in a lecture. We use uh, night vision recorders, um, video cameras, using the the certain kind of lighting. It's uh, infrared. So um, supposedly, that's where you can see goes through and capture it on your video camera. We use EMF meters, also known as the K2s, REM pods, ghost boxes. There's so many different kinds of ghost boxes now. Now that's a lot of chatter through radio signals. So it's can't kind of say that's a ghost talking. Um, cause you can, your mind can make up whatever it's saying. So I don't rely on those too much. And we have like, um, we use little simple things like, um, those little Cat toys, those little balls that light up if they move. And laser grids and trigger objects like um, toys, cigars, liquor to get the spirits to feel comfortable enough to talk to us.
0: So you say that the spirit box isn't reliable, but um, is EVP reliable? Uh, EVP? Yeah. Is that more reliable to you in your opinion?
2: Absolutely. Because um, we use a software on our computers... And you can see through the, the waveform when mm-hmm. you're talking and you're, getting, you're listening back on your recorder. You see that waveform of a human person talking and those voices from the spirits will answer back and there's no waveform. Ah. It's very small. And it's in that area that you hear an answer back to what the question you ask. And then when you talk again, your waveform is really high. Yeah. That's how we hear it.
0: That's interesting. Have you yeah. ever heard anything really creepy from an EVP asking questions?
2: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, A lot of creepy stuff. I guess that was a silly question. Sometimes they growl back and, yeah, creepy.
1: They get territorial, and um, it depends on who you're living with. Um, What we've learned is you take your personality with you. So if you're kind of a cranky guy while you're living, you tend to often be a cranky guy after passing. And um, there are those that don't want to move on to their next journey, whatever that is. Some people label it as heaven or something. There are those that, for whatever reason, we guess that they don't want to be judged or whatever it is. This is what we're exploring here. But they don't want to move on and they get territorial. And there was a place down in um, the San Diego area of California, a hotel that we used to do regularly, um, where uh, there were several spirits there. And in this very large auditorium room overhead was a projector room. And. I was going to set up and a black shadow rushed me as I was going up the stairs. This black shadow ran down the stairs at me. And then we were like, okay, let's go on up there. Obviously, something is up here. So all of our recorders picked up this guy um, just cussing a storm at us, you know. Now, what's interesting is you hear us saying we're feeling like he doesn't want us there and he wants us to leave and he feels angry we're all picking up this oppressive negative energy but we have no proof of that when you listen back on the recorder, here's this guy you know cussing you out and saying my room my room my room over and over um so kind of proving what, our feelings were in that room because like if you're walking down the street you kind of feel like is somebody following me is somebody staring at me you get these sensations when you're living you you tune into other energies mm-hmm. and it wakes you up you have this little aha moment you know you look up at like And someone's looking at you and you realize, I felt like someone was looking at me. Um, And the same thing in the room, you feel there's another energy and it doesn't feel happy with you. And you're only guessing until you kind of get proof back and you're playing back. the Like she says, the EVPs, there may be four women in that room on the team and you've got a guy talking. And you're like, okay, there's no way there should be a male voice included with <laughs> our recording.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, they will uh, They will tell you if they want you to get out of there and go away. We try to be respectful to them if we're aware and if we hear it, we will tell them, okay, we'll leave your room, we're going. Thank you very much. You know, I could go up for an hour talking about a few TV shows that teach disrespect. Oh and yeah,
0: it's,
1: it's bad. It's a thorn in the side because so many new people that want to go to, we have like, uh, occasionally we have little public tours of haunted places that we try to set up and we will have people show up that want to imitate a particular TV show where the guy is challenging and provoking. And, you know, you wouldn't go to your friend's house if it if, if his grandma was sitting in a chair alive you wouldn't say i dare you to get up and talk to me to her face so why when she passes away is it acceptable to scream at the invisible you know
0: yeah that's rarely a good reason to be rude <laughs> Like across the board
1: yeah we advise don't scream at the invisible because you don't know what you're dealing with i mean like i said i've been jumped three times we have members that have had some negative experiences moments where they need to leave the room. They're feeling dizzy. They're feeling sick. They're feeling overwhelmed. Um, you know, they're seeing and hearing things that are bothering them.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, you don't want to challenge the invisible
0: or just mess with things we don't understand. Right.
2: Yeah. Right. And the one thing we, we don't, um, conjure up anything that's not already there. We, We come to help our clients, asking for our help. They're hearing and seeing spirits. We don't use Ouija boards. We don't do seances. We don't conjure anything that's not in there already. So we are very respectful and professional. We come into a home. That's good. uh, Yeah, we help help these clients.
0: How does a basic case begin? Like, how do you go about getting these cases and you don't have to tell any of you, me about any of your clients, obviously, I'm sure that that's private and that's okay how it should be. But how does it go? How do you go about getting these cases and working with your clients?
2: Well, we receive an email from a client through our, our website asking for help. And then we'll contact them back with some questions, trying to get a feel what kind of haunting we're going to be dealing with and seeing if this client is at sound mine so that we are not walking into a dangerous environment. And then we'll um, ask three or four members, depending on how large the square footage of this um, structure we're going to house or business. And at that point we'll um, schedule uh, our, our investigators to go and, We'll do a two to three hour investigation. And then at that point, um, we go in cold. So we don't want the client to tell the members um, anything about what haunting they're having. We do that way towards the end. And then we'll go to those um, hot spots and focus our investigation on those areas. And after a couple of weeks of analyzing our our data and our our recorders, um, we'll, we'll give them a, a a report and, um, a, you know, some audio recordings so that they can listen to that correlates with their report.
0: What do you do after you've confirmed that there's a haunting? What's the question? Um, What do you do after you've confirmed that there's a haunting?
1: Oh, we have a list of remedies, um kind of like mild, moderate, and severe that are proven to 99% help the situation. There's always that one house where for some reason it's not working. But um it's surprisingly easy to calm down spirit activity if you do it. Um It's like when the doctor gives you antibiotics, you know, take them for 10 days. And then after three days you feel better and you quit and you're like, Oh, I forgot to take my antibiotic today. That's okay. I feel good. And then the, the cough or whatever comes back. We've had that happen where we give them a list of things that they can do. And then they contact us a week later and I'll ask them, you know, how many days did you do this? (laughs) Because Spirits are stubborn, and they will leave quietly and kindly, but not if you don't push them out the door, you know, and um, and stuff. So there's some we try to use these very holistic, natural. We worked with the demonologist for a long time. He has since moved from California up to Washington, um, but he was um, going into some of the harder cases where. I wouldn't spend an hour at a home because you're not quite sure what's going on there. It's real dark and dangerous. Uh, But he would go in. And so he had these classes where you could learn what he used to keep things calm and help the spirit move on. Um, A lot of people think that's grabbing a bundle of sage and saging their house. And no, it's not. And they will fight, they fight us, they fight us on that because they want they want sage to be their fix-all medicine. Um, but sage is like six cup of coffee to a spirit. So <laughs> usually what people will say is, You're right, it got, you know, so active after I saged the house. It's like, yeah, you gave them a jolt of energy. It's an old Native American custom that a white man just tweaked and doesn't get. And yes, if you move in a house where the couple that was sold the house were going through a terrible divorce and there's a lot of negative living energy there, sage is wonderful. It's supposed to take living energy down a notch. And and, and yes, but for deceased energy, um, natives would use it to give their ancestor spirits power uh, and awaken them so that they might be able to get messages from them. Um, So when you're saging everything, you're empowering, uh, you know, stranger spirits here, be quiet, but I'm going to sprinkle sage all over the home. And then now you're going to feel energized and you're going to be awake. And, you know, again, unproven science just word of mouth but it's one of those things that for some reason it seems to actually be happening so we advise against sage or sage alone i should say
0: is there any type of incense that would do that job
1: incense
0: yeah or anything similar
1: we um will suggest um palo santo or cedar or sweet grass depending on the situation um those tend to calm um not regular salt that's an old school oh my goodness putting regular salt across your windowsill comes from the pilgrims okay we're talking pilgrims coming over on the mayflower mm-hmm. and putting salt across their windowsill in their doorway to keep the devil out okay that's what they were doing well if you've got a spirit inside your house and you put salt across your door you just lock that spirit in the house yes they can Ah. go through the wall (laughs) but they don't go through the wall they just throw things they get active and they'll say i put down salt everywhere and now it's more active
2: oh no you know
1: but sea salt in a bowl seems to work not across the windowsill but in a bowl seems to help you know so there's there's these different lists of holistic remedies that we've learned along the way. Um, and and I would advise learning from someone like a de- demonologist, someone that's a little uh deeper into the situation, than Googling what to do. Because when you Google, you're gonna get a lot of misinformation in between the good information.
0: What would you do for to cleanse the more darker cases, the darker areas? <laughs>
1: send him to a demonologist. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have to be really cautious about how deep and dark we get. Um, like I say I've had those three experiences they were pretty scary. Um, let's see one first one was definitely a former living person that had passed away. second one i don't think they were and third one definitely wasn't so what um, were they
0: the the two that were they demons
1: um, well that's a word that's thrown around a lot um i would say before you get to the big d demon word there is a lot of lower level energies Mm -hmm. um that um have an intention to their goal is just to mess with people they're not necessarily a demon but they're not good news
0: they're like trickster spirits
1: yeah they were probably never living and they um you know they haven't done enough damage to qualify for the demon title but they're let's just say the little henchmen, you know mm-hmm. and um they uh they're up to no good and they they're I just don't, I personally cannot get near a bad situation because of being a medium. It's like they've got sort of a straw to maybe be able to jump me or something. Um, So I have to be real cautious. You shine a little bit brighter. Maybe so. Maybe so, but um, then Cindy's got to keep the team safe because some of your living people are just as nutsy and you don't want to be in their house too long because, <laughs> you know, she's got to get on the phone and assess, is this person sane? Is this truly a possible haunting? How safe will we be in this person's home? You know, um, Yeah.
2: Yeah, the living is definitely scarier than a ghost. <laughs> sometimes, even the structure, an old building can be potentially dangerous. So, we have to really uh, research where we're going before we go. We have to really um, talk to the people, see if they're in sound mind to make sure that they're not on drugs or alcohol or, you know, schizophrenic or. And it's hard to make that choice because. Sometimes you get there and everything sound good over the phone and you get there and you're like, uh oh, you know, but, you know, we don't make any apologies. We just excuse ourselves and we leave. Um, you know, our safety is number one. Yeah. So we have to be careful about the natural elements more than the spiritual realm. <laughs>
3: Hi there. Thanks for listening to Cryptic Chronicles. To Cryptic Chron- the show is sponsored by Blueberry, and if you're interested in starting your own podcast, use our link. We'll even give your podcast a shout-out. Go to crypticchroniclespodcast.com and click on the Blueberry link on the, Blueberry link on the homepage. By doing so, you'll be helping the show. Blueberry is optimized for iTunes as well as all podcast hubs. You won't have to worry about expensive contracts or fees. In fact, you won't have to leave your own website. You'll have your own RSS feed and no third-party sites try it for a month free try by going free through, cryptic free through cryptic chronicles also if you're a fan of cryptic content please support the show on patreon by giving just one dollar a month you can really assist us in posting more content frequently you'll also have access to bonus ad-free episodes of the show and the discord channel and the discord channel to keep up with all cryptic chronicles content follow us on twitter instagram tumblr and of course facebook give the facebook page a like and join the cryptic chronicles group We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for supporting the show. But most, most of all, thanks for listening. most of all, thanks for listening.
0: Cindy, have you ever gone on any case where you felt like you might be in danger?
2: Um, yeah, a couple of times. Um, it wasn't in danger as far as fear, spiritual. I got lost in a building one time, couldn't find my way out. And the person I was with had moved to another room and we kind of split looking for each other. And um, this was actually before I joined Calpera and finally I, I met up with another team and they were able to walk me towards where my people were going to be at, and ended up going down a death tunnel at the uh, Waverly Hills in in uh, oh, Louisiana. Wow. I mean, it was um, in Kentucky. Yeah, so that was a scary thing because um, I wander around in this maze in the dark by myself. And I will never do that again. So always see, make sure that one of my teammates aren't eye shot from me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that does sound pretty horrifying. That
2: is scary because you don't know what you're going to meet up with. So, yeah, we we always stay together when we investigate.
0: Katie, I'm sure you've had many situations where you felt like you might be in danger. Those shadow people attacks seem pretty frightening. But was there a time where you were out on a case where you might have felt like you were in danger in some way?
1: Yeah, um I mean those three stand out in my head. Um among the the living, we're pretty good, pretty good assessing most people. It I have learned in the last 10 years that some crappy people out there who truly needed help. Okay, that's why they got a hold of us. That part, we could verify that they truly needed help. Who they were on the day I talked with them on the phone and who they were when we showed up can change. And so we did a home two times and the first group that went up, there were, I think four team members that went up the mountain and did a home in a city called Running Springs. It was a guy's girlfriend and his mother were there and they said, we're going to, you know, um, sit out on the deck. And so we investigated their beautiful cabin and it went fairly well. And uh, maybe a week later, all kinds of crazy things and noises. And they wanted us to come back and do a second investigation. Well, the first group had caught voices and noises. And so we thought, yeah, there's seems like something's going on. Let's go send a second group up. And on the second group, um, he his girlfriend and his mother left the home and went out for breakfast and came back drunk and we got out of there it had been two three hours almost four and we said okay we're leaving and we got down to the bottom of the mountain and he called me up accusing us of stealing things left and right left and right and all kinds of strange things were missing and You know, we had to come back right away up the mountain and return these things. And we didn't know what he was talking about. Now, the fortunate thing on that second trip is I had my camera guy with us and he had filmed all of us the entire time. Nice. So, Yes. Thank you, Lord. So we had proof of where we were and where we were not, what we were doing and what we were not doing. And we said, we'll just send you the entire raw data and you can go through four hours of film and see that we were not in the room you accused us of being in. And in fact, your girlfriend was in there. We've got her on film, you know, and stuff. <laughs> and yeah, it was just and so he threatened me two, three days in text messages And um, I finally threw the word lawyer at him, and all of a sudden he just switched gears and told me to stop harassing him. Never heard from him again, and that has been about eight years. But immediately, we cooked up a uh, waiver form for the client to sign that pretty much states what we will and will not be doing while in their home. And that we require them to be there and that they put away all their valuables and, you know, and we won't be accepting cash. This is all done for free. We had a client hand us a donation and just a small one and just say, here, this is for gas money for you guys. Oh, thank you. That you don't have to do that. No, I insist. Um, well, she was very kind the first week and then the second week started getting, um, accusing emails from her that she was going to take us to court she knew that we were um sizing up her home and um nobody does anything for free she, and and her um ex-husband uh warned her not to have us there and that if she doesn't get her report within the next hour uh she's gonna sue us and she gave us this money and we owe her and all this stuff. So the first thing is like, okay, here's your money back. Second thing is I'm finishing up your report, but I'm kind of want to say, screw you, you know, you can't talk to me like that. And yes, people do do things for free. We pride ourselves. You can't charge somebody for an unrecognized science. There are groups out there that will tell you, oh, I'll come in and remove your spirits, $100 per spirit. Oh, I found three, you owe me $300. And then the client will contact them a week later and say stuff's still going on, and they'll say, oh, that's a new spirit. <laughs> well, there's that's a quick scam, you know? And um, there's a group in Los Angeles that charges per ghost to remove them, and... That's another thorn in the side because it gives everyone else a bad name, you know. uh,
0: Yeah, it makes paranormal investigators look bad. But luckily, I think that most of those people are in the minority.
1: Yes, they are. Everyone has good intentions. Most of people have the good intentions.
2: Yeah, the clients we help has outnumbered those um, shady people. So uh, we're doing good. I think we're doing really good.
0: What is a case that was particularly interesting that you can talk about in detail without revealing the information of your clients that was like um uh, maybe not intense but just profound to you?
2: I I have one I can I know Katie has a lot but I have one that I I recently did last summer. Um I won't say the name of them but um they were a brewery company and there's many out here in Southern California. Uh this one they had heard talking throughout and it was a huge warehouse and that's where they made their, their beer. And they kept um, hearing um, conversations in the back part of the warehouse. So we go in there and there is, I believe there was four of us, um, me and another teammate and two guys and two girls so we're setting up our our equipment and we hear the conversation and we all stay quiet and I thought at first the client who was going to stay in his car outside the building had come in and was talking on his cell phone or something so we all go back there and I went back there to tell him you know um If you're going to talk, just let us know you're in here. And we all went back there and there was nobody there. And then we thought, okay, this is what he was talking about. And then a few minutes later, we hear another conversation where we had just left. So we run over there and nobody's there. And it was like conversation. You can hear two people talking, but you can make out their words. So we decided to split up. Two of us would go to the back, two of us would go to the front, and we would just listen. And we heard the conversation over there where the guys were. We thought they were talking to each other. They actually heard conversations where we were, but we stayed silent for 15 minutes. We actually timed ourselves and stayed quiet and did not talk. So we thought, well, we'll speak out loud and we we called out to them and we had to call p- fairly loud for us them to hear us and they called out to us back so we knew that even if they were talking low they could we wouldn't have heard them at all our voices wouldn't have traveled that far back in the building so when we got back together they said yeah we, we sound it sound like Two men were talking where you guys were. We didn't hear two men back there. We heard two women talking where they were. (laughs) So that was, we just kind of went in circles, chasing this conversations all over this building. We couldn't find it. So that was a really interesting case. Um, More like a residual haunt, not a haunt where it was trying to communicate with us.
1: It It was was more
2: like. Yeah, it was just like something trapped in time going, repeating itself. So that was really interesting.
0: Yeah, that is really interesting. I wonder what that was all about. I don't know. I wonder what they were actually saying.
2: Yeah, that was that was kind of frustrating because you really tried to listen and it just didn't make sense. And we captured on our recorders and it didn't make sense. And none of the words made sense.
0: Really? Like none of them?
2: None of them. No. Sometimes they don't relate to what you think it's
1: we tend to think of they're going to talk to us like you and I are talking right now. You say a statement. I say an answer. They make a connection. And amazingly, sometimes they're kind of like in their own little world. Um, Our team member, Diana, we did a home one time where she got two women talking to each other very residual it seemed to be like they were talking about um uh, a noise in the street and yet when we were at the home and she's hearing this and she's got headphones on hooked into her recorder so she's hearing it live through the headphones and she kept putting saying listen listen on the headphones and i could hear two women talking at a distance and, and the women, the women are saying like did you hear him come through? And the other one would say, no, he's not here yet. And we're like, they're talking to each other. They're not talking to us. So you naturally think someone's outside. There's a neighbor, their TVs on radios on, we're picking up some sort of wave. And so you go outside and you check and you check and you're at a home. That's miles from anyone. And there's no one out there. And there's no way this noise should be there. This does not make sense. And then it will, like, fade away and come back, fade away and come back. And sometimes they'll say things like, I like the orange pillow. And that's their answer. You'll say, like, um, you know, did you used to live here? And they say, oh, I like the orange pillow. Okay, what? You know, and they're not – it doesn't make sense. And so you, you you feel like you're tapped into some sort of, like, time loop. Um you just start guessing. You you, re, you record that the experience is happening, but the experience does not further explain the moment, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, we've got to put this in the I don't know pile.
0: How many different types yeah. of ghosts are there?
1: Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. According don't to me. them, there's two. We <laughs> 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 have an EVP that says two kinds of spirits. Um, a bookstore that we... Regularly go to a couple times a year. Uh, always get something there. And one of our uh, team members got a recording. A mail. It says there are two kinds of spirits. Um, I can never remember what we decided that meant. Uh, maybe residual and and live and active. In my opinion, there's the former living human being who has decided to land at whatever location we're at and then there's residual which is sort of an imprint time loop you walked into that's like uh, when people say oh over at the castle in england the monk crosses the hallway on the 5th of november at midnight every year okay that's residual that's a time loop You could stand there and try and talk to him. He's not going to see you. He's not going to respond. He's in his own little time loop. Um, And then you have uh, lesser than nice, lower level energies, as I call them. That's my opinion.
0: So what would a poltergeist be?
1: Oh, my gosh. That's so difficult to explain.
0: It's just like psychic Uh, uh, energy, right?
1: Well, yeah. It's it's a term that so many people use loosely that mm-hmm. it's come to mean a couple different meanings. Um, it, you, it literally it's German for noisy ghost. Okay, so when you oh, go think- back, so when you go back to the 1982 movie Poltergeist where they're stacking chairs in the kitchen, which was one of my favorite scenes of that movie, um, that's Poltergeist. You know they're um, prankster spirits with what agenda we don't know yet. However, living human beings have energy and we can bolt out our own living energy. So if you've got a, and that happens a lot for highly emotional people. So when you get a teenager who is highly emotional going through puberty, stressing out and they're in the kitchen and they're yelling at mom and saying i did do that you're always picking on me and then down the hallway a door slams while they're thinking oh my house is haunted when maybe it was the teenager that bolted out some personal living energy uh they can set off our equipment we have a couple pieces of equipment that beep and light up and if they get hyped up emotionally i had a woman who was around 50 caretaker for her sick brother he passed away in the house things had been happening uh she was cooking and all her spices fell out of her cupboard near her while she was cooking while she was thinking about her brother while she was getting herself upset so uh we noticed Every time she left the bedroom, all of our equipment would just sit there and do zero. And every time she came in and we asked her, tell us about your brother. She'd get very emotional and everything in the room would start going beep, 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 beep. Oh, wow. So it's it's called the poltergeist effect because they're causing the same activity that the poltergeist effect actual ghost spirit could cause which is disruption to energy so when people say poltergeist it's it's right now it's currently hard to get that labeled onto one thing it could be a living agent or it could be deceased we that just kind of like is unknown until we test drive it you know
0: Interesting. So shadow people aren't necessarily a category of their own or like demons and that kind of thing?
2: What do you think, Cindy? Shadow people. Oh, I, I, I've i seen shadow people before. I don't know what to make of them. Um, they kind of peekaboo at you. Um, they don't communicate. Um, they just kind of want to be seen. And then they dissipate. I don't know what they are. I I still don't know what they are.
1: It's interesting you say that because now that you bring that up, I don't think I've ever communicated with them either. I have seen them. So you see them out of the corner of your eye. You see them. There's a cemetery that's haunted um, in the city where Cindy lives, and um, man, you can look at them straight on. There's an area there that's like Shadow People Avenue. You know, uh, you can look straight ahead and see them shifting back and forth between one set of trees to another yes your eyes could be playing tricks on you yes okay so we've gone down that road but we've been there so many times to um, test our equipment that it's when your eyes have adjusted and there's the moon and the lights in the area And you know what you should be seeing and not seeing. And uh, they're a shifty group of people. (laughs) (laughs) They shift. That's what they do. They move from here to there, here to there, here to there. You know, Yeah. Uh, what's their agenda? I don't know. You know, Um, I used to think 16 years ago they didn't have enough energy to form into a full-bodied apparition. That's what I used to think. Okay, they're, they must have a lesser amount of energy. Maybe they've recently deceased and this is all they can muster up at this point. But I'm not so sure about that theory anymore because some of them seem to remain in that state. Um, so I'm not real sure about how that came to be and if it was chosen or, or what?
0: Well, we're coming to the end of the hour. Uh, this is Cindy Avila and Katie Foreman from the California paranormal research organization. Where can my listeners reach you? What is your social media contact information or anything like that?
1: Our main website is calpara.org www. C a L like California. And then P A P-A-R-A R A like paranormal. So calpara.org. dot um, org. Cindy, do you know your email offhand?
2: Yeah, it's um, Calpara. dot cindy. dot yahoo. At, at Yahoo. At Yahoo. Yeah.
0: Excellent. If you have any links to social media or anything like that, please send them have to me.
2: We do have a Facebook too perfect Um, yeah and and you could just look us up at calpera research and um that'll come up
0: excellent and i'll have all the links in the details and show notes of this episode
2: awesome thank
0: you so much cindy thank you so much katie i hope to hear from you again sometime in the future maybe we can have other members on the show
2: absolutely thank you
0: awesome thank you so much That's all for today's episode. I hope that in the future we can get uh, more members of the California Paranormal Research Organization on the show. I'd like to get Katie and Cindy back, but uh, as well as other members of the team or even all of them if we can, and just kind of get their stories and what they think. And that'd be pretty interesting, huh? Anyway, Cryptic Chronicles is available on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and basically all podcast hubs. You look for us and we're there. As always, I'd like to thank my current supporters: MJ Calvo, Adrian, John, Celestial Weavers, Alien X, Lorna Grubb, Linda Gonzalez, Angela Delaire, Ashley, Brad Herbert, Lawrence Lee, Patricia Coles, Kayla, Max, Michael Worrell, Jimmy Woods, Rodius, Sophia Owens, Scott Wellman, Beware the Q, Ashley Thompson, Matt Poland, Johnny Wick, The Yale Adams, Danny Van Heck, Carnage, Jesse Leach, Austin Monday, Michael Graham, Ed Hawks, Trusty Old Senpai, Lex Lazarus, Brian Nolan, Jared, Matthew Lawson, Jismic, Space SpaceCoin, Gary Hetzel, Tom McClerny, Colton Spenner, Justin. Miyamoto Musashi, Jeremy Gross, Psychic Terror, Jacob Neil McBride, Cameron Sanders, Robin Man Patton, Ryan L, and Bleed Gray. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Most of all, thanks for listening. And as one of the greatest Zen masters who ever lived once said, "A wise man once said nothing."